Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we concluded our look at the testimonies offered as part of the state's case against Rittenhouse. On today's episode, we move on to explore the testimony of the first witness in the defense case, Nick Smith, an armed associate of Kyle Rittenhouse on the night of August 25, 2020, and the defendant's connection to the car source lot that they were both reportedly intending to defend. That's coming up right after the break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After the testimony of Dr. Doug Kelly, Prosecutor Thomas Binger announces that the state intends to rest its case. Your Honor, I do want to uh, indicate on the record now that uh, the state intends to rest. Defense attorney Mark Richards asks if the state has officially rested and immediately announces that the defense intends to file a motion that the curfew violation charge against Kyle Rittenhouse should be dismissed because the state has not offered sufficient evidence to prove that count. Once they officially rested, that's what's happened. Yeah, go ahead. Your Honor, I'll tell you what it is. I'm not trying to hide from the court. They have not put in any evidence regarding a lawful order for a curfew violation. We'll be moving to dismiss that. Judge Bruce Schrader asks Binger if he wants to address the defense motion. Yes, to the seventh count, did you want to address that, that there's no evidence on the... That testimony from the detective that a curfew was in place. It's not a lawful order. Uh, Did he testify as to by whom the order had been issued? No. Just the mere statement that a detective said that there was a curfew in effect doesn't really satisfy the the burden of proof. I will permit you to reopen the evidence, however. After letting the parties know that he would allow the prosecution the opportunity to present evidence supporting the curfew violation count, Judge Schrader calls for a break. When they return, Schrader asks if the prosecution wishes to submit any additional evidence as to the curfew violation count. Binger, stunningly, says no. The state stands on the evidence presented. I had indicated before the state would reopen the case on the forfeiture action. Still have evidence on it? We are stand on the record as it's currently uh, constituted, Your Honor. All right. Uh, I think that the evidence you offered was a statement by a different sure. Uh, that may have been difficult to hear, but essentially the judge sustains the defense motion to dismiss the curfew violation charge because the state has offered insufficient evidence that there was a lawful curfew in place. 
We will of course discuss during our weekly recap the mystifying decision by the prosecution not to offer any additional evidence on that count, even after the judge's invitation to present such evidence. When the jury returns, Judge Schrader announces the dismissed count. The seventh count of the information uh, accused the defendant of violation of a curfew, and that case is no longer part of the action here, but the seventh count of curfew violation is no longer part of the contest here. Okay. The defense then calls their first witness, Nicholas Smith. Smith is 23 years old and sports ginger hair slicked back. He wears a light gray suit, a white dress shirt, and a skinny purple tie. He is a Kenosha resident. Smith acknowledges having been adjudicated a delinquent twice in the past, and while he is now employed in a factory, there was a period of time before the civil unrest in Kenosha when he was working for the car source businesses. Defense attorney Corey Sharafasi asks him about his relationship to those businesses. Are you familiar with uh, a business called CarSource? Yes, I am. And how are you familiar with that business? I worked for them. You worked for them? Yes, I worked for CarSource, and my, I've known the owners for 10 years. And who are the owners? Um, Sam, Sal, uh, their dad, their mom, and their... Eh. And... It, do you remember when you worked for them specifically? 2018 to 2019. Earlier in the trial, we heard testimony from Sam and Sal Kindry, the sons of car source owner Anmol Kindry. Sharafasi moves on to ask the witness about the day before the shootings. What I want to do, if I can, is um, uh, direct your attention to uh, August 24th of 2020. Okay. Uh, so that would be the day prior to the shootings involving Mr. Rittenhouse. Yes. On that day, uh, did you have any contact at all with anybody from CarSource? Yes, I did. And who was that contact with? Sam. Okay. Can you explain to the jury what that contact was? Uh, the night of the 24th, I received a phone call from Sam stating that his uh, car doctor was on fire and asked if we could do anything. Car Doctor is the auto repair and inspection facility also owned by the Kindry family across the street from the 60th Street car source lot. And you had said that Sam had asked you for your assistance? Me and one other. Do you know, do you have, do you know who that was? I feel one other person? Yeah. Yes, that was Justin Hamilton. And it, to your knowledge, did Mr. Hamilton, had he worked for car source in the past? For 10 years, yes. And on the 24th, what was, uh, what were you asked to do? Sam had asked if we could uh, do anything about the fires, asked both of us. And did you? Yes. Can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury what you did? Um, approximately around nine o'clock, I'd received a phone call from Sam stating that car doctor was on fire and asked if we could do anything. And then not too long after, I received a phone call from Justin stating that he was going to Car Doctor to put out the fires. Um, when they arrived, Justin and his son, Austin, who was a previous employer for Car Source as well, um, when they arrived, uh, we called Sam, and Sam had said that the body shop door, garage door, was unlocked and to gain entry. 
so that we could access the power washers and the buckets with inside the car source so that we could put out the fires. It was the car doctor building locked? No, the front door was, but the back door was not the body shop door. And did you gain access then to the, to the shop? Correct. He gave us permission. And what did you do upon gaining? Uh, we turned on the lights inside the building so that we could locate the uh, power washer and all the buckets. And we proceeded to unlock the front door and put out the fires. And we had numerous amounts of uh, bystanders help us as well that were also helping us put out the fires. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. After walking Smith through his actions on the 24th to try to save the car doctor, which ended with him going home between 12 midnight and 2 a.m. on August 25th, Sharofsky moves on to inquire about Smith's actions on August 25th. Now if I can ask you about the 25th. Um, on the 25th, do you have any contact with anybody from CarSource? Yes, I do. And who is that? Sam. And how do you have contact with Sam? He calls me in the morning of the 25th asking if I could provide assistance to watch over the building later in that night. He called me and uh, Justin Hamilton. So at that point, he's not asking you to, if I have this right, he's not asking you to put out fires. He's asking for help protecting the business. Is that correct? And how do you respond to that? I say yes. I can I can help him. I can watch over the building. Sharofsky asks Smith about his plan for protecting the car source buildings. I had called my other friends that who also had previously worked there, and our plan was we were going to set up on the roof and stay there most of the night watching the building. And when you say that you had talked to your, or were planning on talking to your friends, who were they? Austin Hamilton, Colin Doherty, and Justin Hamilton. After 11 a.m., um, is there anything else or is there something that happens uh, that puts you in contact with anybody else that ends up there that night? Yes. And who is that? Dominic Black. And can you tell the jury what that contact with Mr. Black was? I had noticed uh, Dominic Black around the afternoon, 3 or 4 p.m. Uh, he was downtown and I needed somebody to give me a ride to go buy some body armor because I had not planned on being armed that night. Um, and he said he would give me a ride and Kyle was with him. Uh, they came to my house around 4 p.m., 3 or 4 p.m. in that afternoon, picked me up, and I do not remember exactly what transpired after that, but I ended up, uh, Kyle ended up lending me his body armor and dropping me off, and they asked where I was going. Okay, I'm gonna slow you down for a second. Correct. Okay, so um, you had said that you saw a Snapchat. Correct. It, I'm not familiar with Snapchat, but so it's like a video or something? Yes, correct. I saw a Snapchat video of Dominic downtown. And you then, from that Snapchat, 
reached back out to him? Correct. I reached out to Dominic. And you had mentioned that you were looking for or wanted uh, some some body armor, right? Correct. And that, you tell me what you wanted that for. I had not planned on being armed, and I wanted a means of protecting myself. And body armor was the next best suit for it. Now, you had said that you didn't plan on being armed. Um, was there a particular reason that you didn't plan on being armed? We planned on being on the roof, and I see no reason that I was going to need them to be armed. And you had said that, if I have it right, that um, Kyle Rittenhouse then had offered you his body armor. Correct. So did you accept that? Yes, I did. So to your now, and if you know, Mr. Did Mr. Rittenhouse say anything that would lead you to believe that he had another, like he had two sets of body armor or anything else? No, he did not. So you go down to Car Source, right? Correct. And who do you go there with on the 25th? Myself at first, and then I end up meeting Kyle and Dominic there after I left my house about 15 minutes. I had arrived at Car Source, and they met me there within 10, 15 minutes of being there. And was that a, a, a planned kind of location meeting? Yes. Were you aware whether or not Mr. Rittenhouse and or Mr. Black had spoken to anybody from Car Source earlier that morning? I was not aware. Smith then explains that he arrived at the car doctor at 59th Street at approximately 5 p.m. on August 25th. Kyle Rittenhouse and Dominic Black arrived shortly thereafter. What happens then? I meet with the owner of uh, Car Source, Sam and tell him what's going to be going on. Okay, so at about five-ish on yeah. the 25th, you have contact with the person you know to be Sam. Correct. And he, that is at the 59th Street Car Doctor location? Correct. And when you get there and you see Sam, what does he do? Uh, gives me a hug and tells me, thank you for coming. He didn't tell you at any point to get off that property? No, he did not. He didn't tell you that you were trespassing or anything like that? No, he did not. Was there any conversation that you had with Sam uh, relating to any any type of payment? Or were you doing this for free? Or how was this going to happen? When I had arrived at the location, uh, he said he would throw, throw me some money to split between the guys that were helping us. And did he ever do that? No, he did not. What does he do if anything, in terms of and of helping you guys with buildings and things like that, getting into buildings, anything like that. He uh, gives me a set of keys to the 59th Street location. Smith then says that he went to the 63rd Street car source lot, where Sam's brother Sal Kendry gave him the keys to that location. Referring, it seems, to the 59th Street car doctor again, Sharafasi asks, You had testified that there was a plan that you had a plan to be on the roof of that building. Correct. How were you planning on getting up there? A ladder. And where was, if you know, well, how did you know that you, there was a ladder there? Uh, I had previously worked there and knew there were ladders, and Sam had also showed me where the ladders were at the car doctor. And when you say Sam showed you the, where the ladders were, do you mean on the 25th? Yes, correct. So you then make contact with Sal. Correct. And... Are there other people there to help 
you protect the car doctor? Not at the moment. Uh, when we had arrived at the 63rd Street location, we'd stood around for about 10 minutes, and that's when uh, another group of individuals in their cars had pulled up and asked if we needed any assistance that night. And what did you say? I said if they want to, we'd appreciate it. Okay. Uh, did you know who they were before they got there? No, I did not. Do you know the names of any of those people today? I know one of the names. And who is that? Ryan Belch. This jury has seen a photograph. Correct. Where was that photograph taken? 63rd. Sharafsi puts the photo on the court TV screen, previously seen by this jury, of the group of armed individuals, including Kyle Rittenhouse, Nicholas Smith, Dominic Black, and Ryan Balch, along with the unarmed Sal Kindry. After that photo is taken, does Sal ever tell you? I want you to leave here. I don't want you here. You're causing problems. Anything? Does he say anything that no. would indicate he doesn't want your presence? No. He was very grateful for our presence. And with that testimony about Sal Kindry's gratitude for the presence of Smith, Rittenhouse, and their associates, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us tomorrow as we conclude our look at Nicholas Smith's testimony in this trial. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Taracone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.